the Tribe Guys powering your afternoons Monday through Friday on Satown Sports. Just having a conversation here about Davion Mitchell with Jerry Reynolds in for Kyle Draper today. Chris Watkins. Hi. Yeah. Chris was hanging some jerseys. Yeah. And I asked, I begged Chris, come on radio with us, please. Like, no, I got <laughs> I stuff to do, Whitey. Please, please, please. So anyway, yeah. he's been hanging then out. Then you said Jerry's staying, and I was yeah, like, oh, that's, okay. what, that's what it was. Yeah, I can find some time. Yeah, I can find and uh, without Chris, I was leaving. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. Yeah, yeah. I, know. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. I appreciate it. Uh, Davion Mitchell, not playing. Looks like um, right now the writing's kind of on the wall. Nothing against him, but maybe with the team playing well and him not playing at all, maybe he'd be better off somewhere else. Could be. You know, I, I, we just talking off the air a little bit. But, you know, I mean, that's been the history of the league. That most players, except greats, get bounced around. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they have to find two or three different teams, you know, to find their niche. And uh, and he wasn't drafted by Mike Brown, so right. he was drafted, yeah, under yeah, different circumstances. So, so that that changes things. Uh, I always remember Reggie Theus was drafted by the Bulls and had a great career, and it was traded to the Kings. He always made the point. He said, once you know, once the team, once you're on a team that didn't draft you. It's never the same. They don't look at you the same, mm. right? And that's and that's very true, you know. As opposed to team drafts, you well, they'll they'll probably go the extra mile because they have the equity. Look yeah, no different. The equity. Than, look but, no uh, further than Marvin Bagley. Yeah, there you go. He will never get the same opportunities that he no, tried he to had, hit Ben McLemore. Ben same McLemore, thing. I heard you guys talking uh, about Ben McLemore. Nick Stauskas. Uh, List goes on. <laughs> Willie Cauley Stein. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, wow. mean, I mean, I mean the. And, you know, the league's full of that. I mean, yeah, that's what absolutely. I say. That's what's always yeah, so Yeah, like a Killian Hayes. I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah, you're not a big Killian Hayes guy, are you? <laughs> I am not. Well, he's proven right on that so far. He's, you know, well, slowly. I, think, I mean, all I know is Detroit could win just as many games with Corey Joseph. Yeah, that's definitely fine. could. Uh-huh. And, they, and they proved it. Usually they come in with Corey. I always remember our feds bad-mouthing Corey, and he didn't do anything wrong. He overpaid maybe, yep. but uh-huh. he didn't do that. No. It wasn't his fault. <laughs> and he's still playing because he's a – Heck of a good, solid little limited backup guy mm-hmm. and knows it. Yeah. The Kings are playing <laughs> well key. enough now where I think it's fair for fans and reasonable for fans to look at this and go, okay, how do we get to the next level if they keep playing like this? And so you got to be open-minded to bringing in town at the, at the deadline. A uh, name that gets thrown around a lot is uh, Zach Levine. Mm. Uh, what do you think in general, Jer, of the idea of, hey, maybe the Kings want to upgrade Zach Levine, bring him in. Not a fan. Not, I mean, he's marvelous athlete, marvelous scorer, talent-wise, but he is a kind of a one-man kind of operation. He really does. He has never played in this type of offense, ever. No, huh? and, and he is a ball, ball stopper, in my mm-hmm. opinion, and uh, that's what this team isn't. Mm-hmm. I agree. Have any ball stoppers, and so uh, no, I, I just and what you'd have to give up to get him, I think you could really set yourself back. Mm-hmm. I think in general, without naming the particular player, a three and D wing who could—I mean, I'm not even necessarily saying somebody can start for Harrison Barnes, but a guy that maybe he could start, maybe comes off the bench, but a good shooter, good defender. Uh, I think that's to me that's the one guy I would want to add to this team. How about you guys? Yeah, I think the the key is frankly sh- I I would normally say yeah, I mean defense is this team's biggest need for improvement and they just need to bring in a defender, but funny enough, I mean the past 2 years we've seen to, to start the season Mo Harkless and Casey Akpala enter the starting lineup or start the season in the starting lineup and we saw that defense isn't 
good. You have to be able to knock down shots if you want to play in this offense and play with this team uh, and get significant minutes. So I, I would say that first and foremost, you have to be able to shoot the ball if you want to play, especially be inserted into that starting lineup. And then, yeah, it would be nice if if they come with some defense, at least physical traits that lend itself to be a defender. I think we've seen, you know, clearly with how much Mike Brown emphasizes the defensive side of the ball. If you can get, you know, just we'll just throw a guy, Kyle Kuzma, if they would have brought him in this offseason, I believe that Mike Brown could have convinced Kuzma, you know, with his length and his height, buy in a little bit on the defensive end. And, you know, maybe you, we take a little bit of your shots away, but um, I, I first and foremost want to see a, a shooter with, with a big, long profile for sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, to me, if they could get really get better by getting a, a, a specific talent, you know, that fits a specific role. Yeah. I mean, and I don't know if this would be the right guy, but like a Dorian Finney Smith, the guy yes. mm-hmm. who's mm-hmm. going to defend, he's going to rebound. He's a little small, but he can make threes. Yeah. Yes. I've loved yes. Royce O'Neal I mean, for that so same reason. Everything yeah. to me, you know, as far as fitting, plugging a guy in, you know, to maybe yes, make you a slightly bit better. And that's, and that's really, you're not going to get Jokic in a trade. So you're going to be looking at the edges. Yeah. And then the, the higher end of that type player might be, as we've discussed, like uh, OG Ananobi, but he's going to be expensive. It would take a lot to get him. You don't know if he'll be around next year. And push comes to shove, probably not worth it. Yeah. You don't want to rent a guy. No. And, and uh, so that's scary. And like you say, you'd have to give up quite a bit to get him. You don't know if you can keep him. And, and as good as he is when he plays, he misses a lot of games. Mm hmm. What do you think of uh, Trey Lyles? What and I know he's not that type of player, but how much can he help? And before you answer, you should know that that I think we got a big Trey Lyles massive, fan right here. Massive, massive, big Trey Lyles big fan. Yeah. yeah, me too. Hey, <laughs> come on, <laughs> couple of no, Trey I, Bays over there. Yeah, I think I, I, you know, and I, I expect him to struggle a little bit, but I think he fills a lot of the boxes. Just what he can mm-hmm. make shots. He's big enough. He's he's got a little bit of. A scrap in him, you know yeah. I mean, he's, oh, he's yeah. probably he an ordinary cuss. He's candy. probably got a little more of the edge to him just about anybody else. I think so. And so, and then he can, when you really want to go small ball, I think he's, which I said last year, I said he's the perfect small ball center mm-hmm. when you're just going to go outscore people. Agreed. And uh, then, and really as a four, yeah, I think, uh, I think he could really step in there if they got the minutes for him, but I think. At some point, you're probably going to need to find some. Yeah, and I know you've been kind of frustrated, Chris, at the, <laughs> the, the kind of updates we're getting. I, if you want to even call them updates, it's uh, more like a Facebook status report or something like that, where it's, oh, uh, yeah, Trey Lyles, you know, he's 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 conditioning. Uh, he's on his way back. And, you're uh, impatient, aren't you? Well, no, I just, I just feel like, you know – I follow a couple of a good amount of sports and I just feel like every time I've ever seen anyone be injured, we at least get some form of a timeline. I'm not saying it has to be an accurate timeline. I'm just saying that's a little scary for me that we don't yeah, have timeline. That's maybe it's just, it's just not a, not a good well, sign. from, you know, especially from the same people who say a guy can only play 22 minutes, Uh huh. you know, yeah. You know, really? How do you know that? <laughs> you, you know, what I mean, twenty-four minutes, his legs fall off. What, yeah, what, what it's the happen? minutes restrictions. I, I, yeah, they yeah. come up minutes restrictions, but you can't tell you when a guy's healthy. Yeah, yeah. I, don't I, don't I, get it. I I really don't understand. And you know, I, maybe it's something. I feel like I, every time I try and logic, like 
Why do I care so much? Is it really that? I I ultimately don't. Th- it's You're definitely really a, upset. It's today really on the radio. a fan <laughs> thing, I guess. You know, it's because realistically, like, what benefit does it give the Kings to let everyone know? Oh, Trey Lyles is actually two to three weeks, but it just it just feels like one of those things that, in my opinion, happens everywhere else that I watch in sports. Well, I still get Warrior emails from their PR team. Steph Curry, they said, oh, he's having an ankle or whatever, knee injury, yeah. uh, questionable for Wednesday. We'll see if he can go on Friday. They'll give it a go. But reevaluation in one to two weeks. Even that's like, okay, that's fine. Thank you for information. Trey Lyles, he's been out since preseason. Yeah. And we've just had no idea, no, I mean, no I, status I at all. Jerry's probably had to do this, but I know you mentioned the Warriors a couple years ago with Wiseman. Before Clay came back, the Warriors said Clay should be back around um, Christmas, January, and they said Wiseman's back by Thanksgiving. Wiseman won back all year. Yeah. So then, when you if you do that, sure. you lay out that date, and then you go past that. Then all of a sudden, you got a then lot it of seems questions like you got to answer. Hey, right, what's sure. happened? What's wrong there? Yeah. So maybe they're just not sure, and they just want to take their time with it. Yeah, I mean, it, I think it is uh, to both your points. I mean, I think it's really incumbent on a team to try to be accurate with that. Mm-hmm. Give. You know, especially role players, what, what's the danger here of trying to uh, – is uh, other teams going to change their scouting report because Trey might be back and, uh-huh. and play four minutes? Uh, you know, <laughs> No, for sure. Really, uh, so yeah. – But I see what you're saying. I mean, they could always say, hey, in a week he'll be reevaluated. That's that's all I'm saying. Yeah. That's yeah. all That's all I'm asking for, just, the, just a little the, bit of information. The, I heard the last word, he's got a soft tissue injury. What other kind are there? Yeah. <laughs> well, and even with Alex Len, his update was it's a moderate ankle sprain, so it's not a severe or it's not a mild. And, again, there will be updates when uh, when there's – I can't remember the exact wording, but essentially it was to be determined on an update. Well, like, well, you know what they ought to do? <laughs> I've always thought this is like, you know, guys with ankle sprains say, we don't think he'll ever be able to play again. <laughs> I think know? it's over and for then, him. And then, yeah. you know, in three weeks, yeah. my God, he's miraculously <laughs> out there. And the fans say, what a courageous. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about perspective, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we're going to take a quick time out and then uh, wrap it up here uh, with the drive guys and take a closer look again at that huge win over the Lakers last night. Chris Watkins, Jerry Reynolds, and Whitey Gleason today. Drive guys on Sackdown Sports. Two rivals, one goal. It's our region's biggest college football game. Saturday at noon, UC Davis and Sacramento State battle in the 69th annual Causeway Classic. So much at stake as potential playoff spots are on the line as the Hornets and Aggies square off to close out the 2023 college football season. Pre-game coverage begins at 11.30 with kickoff at noon from Aggie Stadium and right here on Sacktown Sports and the Sacktown Sports app. The Drive Guys, live and local, every afternoon, Monday through Friday on Sacktown Sports. Bottom of the hour, we got uh, Thursday night football, Bengals, Ravens. Chris, ah, you know, I've always had a soft spot for the Bengals, but I'm not feeling real optimistic about this one. Really? Yeah. Yeah, You know, the Ravens are playing really good football. I'm just glad that we have a Thursday night game that's worth watching. Uh Last week, what was, was it? Was it just last week where it was Bears Panthers? Yep. I think so. My Dude, goodness. <laughs> like, come on. There was no world in which that was going to be a good week 10 game. Mm-hmm. 
at least this one i don't even know if i like it more i don't know if i like the fact that this game is important and it's on thursday night where it's you know rushed and you don't have a full week to game yeah. plan it's kind of like having that chiefs dolphins game in in germany it's like why why are we throwing away i don't know i guess yeah. beggars can't be choosers your, i gotta pick one your chiefs you have a tough one this week huh yeah yeah but uh hey they got patrick Mahomes, so, so settle down is that know, monday settle. is that on monday was it Monday, yes, that it Monday is. Night Football? Yeah, oh, Monday Night Football is Eagles versus Kansas City. Oh, yeah. that. That's Two a good one. Premier ones. And, uh, well, I'll be looking forward to this one tonight because, you know, I, I like Joe Burrow and Lamar. Lamar uh, mm-hmm. I mean, two of the elites are fun to watch. And, and you know, just to kind of evaluate them to what spot they are behind Mahomes. <laughs> uh, See exactly how far back far behind second place they are. Is. Yeah, right. and then, of course, you got Mahomes behind Purdy. So it's Purdy. <laughs> Mahomes. Yeah. Well, there might, yeah, probably, probably Mahomes. Well, I, you know, I mean, I don't go full Nick Wright on Mahomes, <laughs> but, but I do, I kind of buy into Colin Coward a little bit. So, uh, uh, that's uh, what I'm here for, is to be full Nick Wright on Mahomes. Yeah. Well, that's dangerous territory there. You know that stupid commercial with Mahomes and Mahato? Oh, I, I love it. That I love it. Every time. It's so good. Oh, that's great. I, every time. That's, that feels like your sense of humor, right? It's the way Kelsey, great. when he goes, oh, you know, Hey, come on, my auto. And he's like, oh. Damn. He does bring up a good point. Like, why can't it be come or Kel, what is it? Kel, see how much you can yeah. save on home and auto. Yeah. That's, that's to me, much better than, or rolls off the tongue somehow better than my auto. You know, Patrick Mahomes is a pretty good actor, and he kind of plays kind of a dumb sort of a, uh, but he does it. You know he's not oh, like that, yeah. but he does it really well in those commercials. Yeah, oh, especially. He's, he's, I mean, really, and I, I don't know if you saw this special on Netflix of the quarterback. Of course. Chris Mahomes. He's so good. Terrific, so you know, good. his wife and yeah. everything, you know, just. Yeah, I mean a real leader. I mm-hmm. mean, uh-huh. to me, you can see why you'd want to. He's play that guy with this quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then as far as Burroughs goes, not to get back to the same injury, but I mean, I there's some similarity there, right, between Burroughs' injury and what we think Trey Lyles is dealing with. Right. Yeah. Calf yeah. and yeah, they were pretty. They were pretty unsure about how how that was going to go for him and maybe you know maybe the kings are watching the joe burrow situation and saying no that guy struggled for a month so maybe we let our guy actually get healthy and then you see what joe burrow has been able to do these past couple weeks but you're he is playing right he is playing he is playing yes yes yeah he he was he was uh yeah we got that update yeah we we definitely got that up how about this the kings with a big win last night even though malik monk was one for eight Mm. that's you know one for five beyond the arc that's that's not a bad thing, right? You got no. somebody picking up the slack there. Well, that's, yeah. that's the thing. They've got legitimate depth. You know, I mean, I, we're sitting there spending time why Davion can't play, but he's an NBA player. But there's, you know, that's a great place to be when you've got a, an NBA player that can't get on the mm-hmm. court. Right? Yeah. 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 No, I talk about it all the time. Like, last year the Kings had seven guys, I think, finish a game with 30 points at the end of it, and – there's just not many teams that have the amount of firepower to have a guy like Malik Monk, someone who you would think the Kings need to have a good game. He can have a quiet night, and they have more than enough. It was it was Herder last night, but there's not any reason it couldn't have been Keegan Murray or, you know, who knows, maybe one day Sasha Vizankov is going to have a big game or Harrison Barnes can step into that role. And that's, that's kind of what makes this Kings team a little bit different than most of the teams in the NBA is just – you'd never know who that third guy is going to be. And it can realistically be anyone. And so you truly, as a defense going against them, you have to pay attention to all five guys. I thought last year, even in the playoffs, 
Mike Brown wasn't entirely sure. He didn't have total faith in some of the guys on the bench. Yeah. And so he tried different guys. And I know it's early now. It's too early to say for sure. But I feel like, Jared and Chris, that he's he's got he's developing more of a sense of what he actually has and more faith in the guys he's got coming off oh, the bench. I, I believe that's so. And, and uh, you know, like I say, I think it's credit to Monty McNair and Coach Brown. I mean, I think they've gotten more overall legitimate players they can put on the floor, which means some guys who are ready to play aren't going to play. Mm-hmm. Well, that's still good because injuries happen. It's like a backup center. I think you got two guys that are more than serviceable, JaVale McGee and Alex Lynn. Now, Lynn's hurt. But, I mean, they're both, you know, you're not worried about 10 minutes that they're going to really, really hurt you. Right. I mean, as opposed to I thought last year, Metu as talented as he may have been, which just wasn't really a center. Yeah. No, not at all. Yeah. No. yeah. So well last um <clears throat> after they beat was it after they beat OKC, uh after the game, you know, Mike Brown talked into the media and I asked him about the lessons that they'd learned in Houston, how they you know, those lessons had been applied in the two games they came home and won. And he talked about, you know, looking guys right in the eye and explaining why they weren't gonna play or this is what we need. And he said JaVale McGee did not play badly in uh, Houston. No. He said, but I had to tell him. He said, I liked the way the team played with Alex Lynn, and I had to tell JaVale, you're not playing for a while. But, you know, and he understood it and had to accept it. But it wasn't because he didn't play well. It's because they played well with Alex Lynn because, again, they have depth there. Yeah. So sometimes guys are playing even if they're not playing badly, they're not going to play. Well, I mean, it's a little bit like a beauty contest, you know. I mean, they're all pretty, yeah. But you can't. You only get to pick one, you right. know. So, yeah. First time I've heard That's this so team compared that to is yeah. So good. Yeah. yeah. I can definitely see that. Uh, I'm curious. You you mentioned yeah, Monty and, and Mike Brown and them working together. As someone who's worked in both roles, where is there a bigger misunderstanding? Is there uh, what the GM doesn't understand what the coach has to go through and need or Coach not understanding how much a GM or how difficult a GM. And you've job been might both, be. right? exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's why well, he's the perfect yeah. person to yeah. ask. Well, yeah. I, I do think, you know, as a coach, you're worried about today and maybe the end of the week, right? <laughs> you know, that's how yeah. far you're looking ahead, because your job is is always subject to change within right. a few games. <laughs> yeah. uh, a GM is making decision based on the fran- what's best for the franchise long term. You know, I mean, generally speaking, you're you're saying, you know, a coach might come up and say, well, I, you know, this guy, you got to trade him, you know, because, you know, I need somebody else. Well, but as a GM, you're saying, yeah, but that guy's going to be good. You know, mm-hmm. may not, yeah. you want to say not, maybe not for you, but for the next guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How does that dance work? Like, is there, do you kind of almost have to have like, you know, Monty relies heavily on Wes Wilcox. Do you almost have to have like a, a mediator to kind of understand because both people are living in such different timelines? Like, Does it depend on who, who has the most power? Yes. Who the, the organization mm-hmm. has the to most To some safety? degree. I mean, I, I think you, 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 the GM has to have final say if it right. really gets to that. Mm-hmm. I always say, though, as a GM, you should never trade for somebody your coach doesn't want, and you should never trade somebody off his roster that he doesn't want to lose. You know, I mean, that should start, you know, you got to have that. I always said, I mean, to me, it seems like Monty and and Coach Brown are just like Rick Adelman. They're in lockstep. They're in lockstep. Mm -hmm. So, so, and that's what you're looking for. Right. And, And it's, you know, it's what every franchise is looking for. And, Hard to find. Yeah. I mean, I think you certainly had that with Golden State with Bob Myers and 
Steve Kerr. I mean, I think you had that. And maybe you run its course. Yeah. yeah. No, I think you see the opposite right now in L.A. with the Clippers. I think, yeah. like, bringing in James Harden, I don't think that's a GM move. I don't think that's don't a Ty Lue move. To yeah. me, that's probably a owner Ooh, stepping right. in that's and saying, hey, you know, yeah, we yeah. have a new stadium opening next year. It'd yeah. be nice. And if, often uh, that's the other part is yeah. occasionally, and maybe more than occasionally, the right. owner will mm. get involved occasionally right. and that's then that's that breaks no up no dynamic. that's that's just that's always bad right yeah. whenever an owner gets involved there's just there's no way that's going to go yeah well. the only owner i i really think you know could get involved is, is cuban right i really think the yeah. guy really studies the game follows the game you know, you know I, I think he is the exception chris Watkins, thank you for hanging absolutely out with us. anytime anytime uh, jerry reynolds thank you for coming thank in we appreciate it uh Kyle is back tomorrow uh, for more Drive Guys. We'll be taking out a Thursday night football, Cincinnati Bengals, Baltimore Ravens on Sacktown Sports. Nobody does it better. I'm sitting here tripping. My mind is blocked. Nate Dogg just did it, so it's time to concoct. No one can do it better like this two-man crew. They say we want here to quit us. Now what y'all going to do?